May I speak to the glory of God, who is Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. The moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. The wise men, kings or magi, are about to arrive after a long journey. How long did it take them to get to Jesus? We don't know. It's fair to say the shepherds would have gone back to their sheep by now, as we can see from our epiphany scene under the altar. The wise men aren't quite there yet, they're just in front of the lectern and will arrive a little bit later during this Mass, hopefully with assistance from some members of our congregation. We get an idea, though, of the time taken for them to arrive through their contact with Herod. After Jesus is born, they see a star, they set out, they go to Jerusalem, they ask Herod. Herod asks advice where, it might, where the baby might have been born. They go off to Bethlehem. They find Jesus. They worship, they offer gifts. They have a dream saying, don't go back to Herod, he wants to kill Jesus. And they go home. Herod then realises that he has been tricked and orders all boys under two years old to be killed. Thinking of those numbers, it's probably fair to say it might have been a year or so, give or take at least, for them to arrive. And who were these people? Wise men, kings, magi, they were from another place, the east. They certainly were not locals and most definitely were not members of the people of Israel. They were foreigners. They were following a different religion. Some suggest that because they were observing the stars, maybe they were Zoroastrians. But whoever they were, they see the star. They recognise the signs and they set out. They come to Jesus offering gifts and worship him. They recognise Jesus to be the Messiah. And then they go on their way, tricking Herod as they go. Think back to some of Isaiah's prophecies. A virgin will conceive and bear a son of David's line. A Messiah for the people of Israel. A new king to restore what had been lost. A king for the people of Israel. People understood it to be. Not for anyone else. Just a king for them. Recall also in Acts of the Apostles, Paul discerning his vocation to be the Apostle to the Gentiles, Apostle to those who were not the people of Israel. And then the corresponding disagreements about whether you needed to first become a Jew before you could be a follower of Jesus. They were trying to work out, was Jesus for all people? or only for the people of Israel. Here, 
around the time of Jesus' birth was the answer. Foreigners come and worship. Foreigners recognise who Jesus is. And in fact, if we go back to Isaiah again, today's first reading, we hear Isaiah prophesying that this will happen. The glory of the Lord has risen. Nations will come to your light. Camels will come from Midian, from Ephah, from Sheba, bringing gifts, gold and frankincense. Isaiah, then it appears, was pointing towards the visit of the wise men to Jesus, but also maybe towards Paul's ministry as apostle to the Gentiles. Because this Jesus, this young child, was born to bring salvation to all people, if only we come to him. Not just to the people of Israel, the Jews. No, to all people, if only we come. In the Gospels and in Acts of the Apostles, we see the practicalities of this being worked out. Do we need to obey all the Levitical rules, those about unclean foods, those about not wearing polycotton, not that that was invented at the time, all the different rules about how to live your life without being unclean? Do we need to formally become Jews before being Christians? Do we need to be wedded first and foremost to a long set of rules? No, is the answer. Are we all about rules and nothing else come to that? And I know in church sometimes it can feel like that. But Jesus answered when he was asked the most important commandment. His reply, one that I seem to quote over and over again. Love the Lord your God. Love your neighbour as yourself. Love, not rules, is the heart of the Christian faith. The Magi recognised this and came to worship Jesus as they travelled so far and offered gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. Do we recognise Jesus as Messiah, I wonder? If we do, how far are we prepared to go? How much are we prepared to offer? How much are we prepared to do in following him? The Magi had no real link to Jesus and we have no idea what happened to them after they had met Jesus. But in the time of this encounter, Look at their generosity, their generosity of time, their generosity of effort, their generosity of gifts. What should our response be as actual followers of Jesus to this great gift of love? Jesus, God made man, God here among us.
is our response to this great gift from God, one of meh. A response of maybe just going through the motions, of offering just a few coppers in the collection plate, offering a tiny little bit of time each week, as little as we think we can get away with. Is this our response to God? Or if we truly recognise Jesus as Messiah, should this not be something to change the whole of our lives, the whole of our outlook, the whole of our being, every one of our decisions, every one of our thoughts come to that? Because this gift from God, this gift of love, is something absolutely amazing And so surely our response to this gift should be likewise. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would bring a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. But what I have, I give him, give my heart. Words so familiar to us as we sing that carol year by year around Christmas. We're invited to respond to God's love by giving our heart, the centre of our being, to Jesus. And through doing that, the whole of our lives are surely changed by being close to Jesus. Every thought, every word, every decision. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.